This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Sup? Hi. How you doing? <laughs> I made it here today. Yes, you did. I'm so <laughs> glad. That was, that was super convenient that you did. I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you. It was super convenient. Yeah, because there's a lot going on tonight. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. To so, reschedule that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. So we are coming to you with episode 66, recording on the day we're having our slumber party. Yeah. So by the time you listen to this, thank you guys for tuning in to the slumber party. Hell yes. Because <laughs> that was so much fun. So much fun. I'm sure there was, um, I don't know. Laughter? You know, yeah, a lot of laughter. Alcohol. For sure. And food. Definitely. Those are definites. We can say those. And Halloween way. PJs. Halloween PJs. This episode's coming to you on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Which means it's, it's home day. <laughs> and today's hump day treat is brought to you by Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I saw this little this little nugget in the thrifty liquor. So at the thrifty liquor, my local Highland liquor store. It's not your local Highland liquor store. It's just your local liquor store. I know, but you have the Highland one, so <laughs> I'm trying to relate. Would you get off my back? All right. So <clears throat> anyway, so I got 1800, the ultimate margarita, ready to serve black cherry. It, it just, it caught my eyes. Like, I love black cherry stuff. Like, I just said, like, You said, a like, lot. a lot. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. It's super good. I just really like black cherry. So, that's what I got. I, like, totally, like, love <laughs> this black cherry. <laughs> <laughs> but, totally y'all can't see it. I flipped her off. Amanda flipped me the bird. But I, I kind of deserved it. it. I mean, it was a thing. It's fine. I need to check myself. <laughs> Chickity check yourself before I wreck myself. <laughs> yeah. We just did that. We did it. Okay. While we're trying to, I don't even know, go to the socials. Yeah. Do that. You should do that. Um, there will be slumber party photos. Uh-huh. And... Shenanigans. All the shenanigans. And episode picks. Oh, yeah, those two. That too. Hump day treat stuff. Brittany said I can't piggyback off of all the slumber party snacks tonight, so those will be later posted. <laughs> no, can't piggyback off the I was going to give people credit. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to take all the glory. I'm not selfish. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> we have to do our episode now. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so the episode is um, 66, and it is Shady Docs. Shady Docs. Huge, ginormous trigger warning for both of our cases. Mm -hmm. But since I'm going first, I'm going to trigger warning you 
on abortion. Yeah. So if that's a touchy subject for you, you might want to skip ahead. <laughs> Mine's not a whole lot better, but you know. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so there's that. Yeah. But I have only heard this case once. And when I heard it, I was like, I got to research into this because this man is garbage. Yeah. So here we are with that. Yeah, I wasn't completely aware of him until I looked to see who you were doing. Mm-hmm. And then I read a little bit in your case, and I was like, oh, I do remember a tad bit about mm-hmm. this dude. It didn't happen that long ago. No, it didn't. Um, so let's just jump right into yep. this shit show. Might um, as well. <laughs> my case is on Dr. Kermit Gosnell. Mm-hmm. In February 2010, state and federal authorities raided Dr. Kermit Gosnell's clinic, the Women's Medical Society in Philadelphia. They found the most terrible, unsanitary, and horrific conditions that they had ever encountered in a medical facility. It was a late-term abortion clinic. The grisly details came out during an investigation of prescription drug trafficking at Gosnell's clinic in an impoverished section of West Philadelphia. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the Okay, real quick, too, I forgot to say. Okay. I cut out a lot of, I cut out all, essentially, the political shit. Good. We're not going to do the political shit. No. We're not going to talk about who who's on what side. No. We're not going to do that. We're just talking about what he got we, in trouble we don't, for. We don't need all that. Just, just the facts. Yeah. It's cool. Good. So, on that note. Mm-hmm. Authorities said the clinic was a foul-smelling house of horrors with bags and bottles of stored fetuses, including jars of severed feet. Well, that's not okay. It's not okay. What? What the fuck? Um, what? Also, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, I, I left in some details to let you know how bad it is. Right. I took out pages worth of details that I'm not sharing. Yeah, I know. I saw your original. It was like 11 pages. Yeah. <laughs> so keep that in mind. I'm not, I'm not trying to be too gruesome. I'm telling only the stuff that I felt like I could say out loud. I trust you. So I'm going to start that list again. Okay. Bags and bottles of stored fetuses, including jars of severed feet, along with bloodstained furniture, dirty medical instruments, and cats roaming the premises. Severed feet. Severed feet. Okay. That happened. It's highlighted, so there's a photo. There's a, not of severed feet. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't right. share any of the really, really bad pictures. Okay, I kept, I, I kept that shit to the interweb. Okay, thank you. Um, look at the one that says equipment first. Okay, okay. two pictures. I'm going to share at this part. Look how Ooh, fucking filthy. Oh, that is definitely unsanitary. This is in a medical office. They did procedures on that table. No, no. And look at the trash piled up. Mm mm mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's gross. It's fucking nasty. And then if you look at the other one that says office, you see more equipment. I'm not sure I want to. More equipment that they use for procedures. It looks like it's been thrown away. Yeah, no. And it probably was. They probably used that that morning. That's gross. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's Honey, real bad. Baby, no. And there are some Ooh. really bad pictures out there. That show the inside of the refrigerator and freezer there. Did not choose to share that with you guys. What? It's bad. Is in the box. You don't want to know. I do want to know. We don't have to show it, but I do want to know. There 
was fetuses. Okay. That's that's all you had to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So as part of the state investigation and gathering evidence for the criminal case, videos were taken of areas of the abortion clinic. One of the video cameras captured a sign that hung near the archives area, which read, We got rid of the kids. The dog was allergic. Extremely tasteless for an abortion clinic, if you ask me. If you could see my face. Yeah, it ain't cute. I mean, you're cute, but not that face. No. (laughs) (laughs) I have a quote here. Okay. Quote, my grasp of the English language doesn't really allow me to fully describe how horrific this clinic was. Rotting bodies, fetal remains, the smell of urine throughout, and bloodstained. Oh, I just threw up. And that was a quote from Philadelphia District Attorney Seth Williams uh, from during the trial. The um, smell of urine. By way of CNN. So that was was all over everywhere. So it's legit. All Mm -hmm. right. I'm drinking. Me too. Mm Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, late-term abortion is allowed up to 24 weeks, or at at this time. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't take the time to look up what the law is right now because I know those laws are changing it's, drastically everywhere. So at at this time, yep. the articles that I found, 24 weeks. We're not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna look it up. Gosnell performed late-term abortions within and beyond the limit. Former clinic employees testified that Gosnell routinely performed illegal late-term abortions, that he delivered babies who were still moving, whimpering, or breathing, and that he and his assistants snipped the newborn spines, as he referred to it. Oh. Those were his words. Okay. It's bad, boo. We ain't even done yet. I, I, I see the significance of leaving that in there, but... That's what oh, essentially what he got arrested for, yeah. was the snippings. God. Mm -hmm. Okay. At least one woman, 41-year-old Karnamaya Monger, died after being administered a high dosage of drugs to induce abortion. Mm. I have a picture of Karnamaya. Okay, I love her name. She was an immigrant. Oh, poor sweet baby. Yeah, but there weren't very many photos of her. Like, they were all some variation of this actual, this photo right here. No, that's a good one. So that's Karnamaya. Okay. Her child, 19 weeks old, died as well. 19? Yeah. Okay. They found other things. For example, Gosnell performed an abortion on an adolescent girl who was pregnant due to rape. She told Gosnell that she changed her mind while she was laying on the table, and he responded angrily, stop being a little baby, and proceeded with the abortion. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. In the Gosnell Abortion Clinic, both doctor and assistants knew that they had to pay attention to the developmental stages of the preborn child's life. That is why they often lied to the mothers of the aborted children about the gestational age in order to pretend that the abortion was carried out within the permitted limits. They're all garbage. Yep. Everybody at the clinic yep. is fucking yep. garbage. Yep. 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 Gosnell performed thousands of abortions over a 30-year career. And since I haven't shown you up to this point, let's go look at this fucker. Great. I'm so excited. And it says Gosnell. I don't care. That's Kermit. <laughs> it looks like a frog. <laughs> His name is fitting then. It is, yeah. Not what uh, you would expect. No. Actually, it was not what I was expecting at all. Mm-hmm. He looks like 
but he somebody's papa, like a church deacon. If you didn't know, yeah, okay. If you I'll didn't you know what he had done, that's what he looks like. Absolutely. He's very unassuming. Mm-hmm. He does not fit the role. Mm-hmm. But since I know what I know, fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Authorities said the medical practice alone netted him about one point eight million dollars a year, much of it in cash. What the? Because the people that he treated, being in West Philadelphia, were. Low-income women, immigrants, you know, people that struggle with homelessness. But he was netting $1.8 million a year. Most in cash. That's how many abortions he was doing. Those poor people. Mm-hmm. Then, authorities found $250,000 hidden in a bedroom when they searched his house. That's a lot of money. And he also owned a beach home and several rental properties. Oh, my God. So. All that profit. Think about it. That's just from the medical practice. Right. right. That's just from his procedures. That doesn't include his other crimes, which we'll get to later. Oh, okay. So many people could have stopped Gosnell and his heinous acts, but didn't, including the Pennsylvania Department of Health, the Department of State, local hospitals, Planned Parenthood, and the National Abortion Federation. Oh, shame on all of you. All of these organizations at one time or another came in contact with somebody who had been a patient, quote unquote, of his. I would like there were several to give women benefit of the doubt because there, you don't know the situation. No. There were several women that went to emergency rooms mm-hmm. with fetal parts left in their body and they had infections. What the fuck? Okay. So there's no nope. reason all right, why. I'll stick to the shame on you. Yeah. Shame on all of them. All right. Pennsylvania authorities had failed to conduct routine inspections of all its abortion clinics for 15 years. Not just his. All of them. For 15 years by the time Gosnell's facility was raided and closed down. Mm, That's too many people. Quote, Gosnell didn't operate out of a back alley, said David Altrogi. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. A filmmaker who interviewed Gosnell for a documentary titled 3801 Lancaster, which was the address of his clinic. Oh, cool. Quote, his clinic was on a busy street in West Philadelphia. The raid in 2010 wasn't the first time that authorities had heard about Gosnell. According to the grand jury's report, authorities looked the other way for more than 20 years. End quote. Mm. I have a picture of his clinic. On Lancaster Street in West Philadelphia. It looks... Okay, well, I don't know the local area, but for me... It looks like a highly traveled street. Yes. Um, Looks can be deceiving. Don't judge Mm -hmm. a book by its cover. It looks like a fairly normal... Right. From the outside. I I would... A normal doctor's office, you would think. Yeah, until you get in the examination room. Oy, it probably looks that bad in the fucking waiting room. Oh, God, gross. Yeah. In January 2011, the grand jury report from the criminal case was issued, finding that Gosnell, as well as clinic employees, could be indicted. The 72-year-old faced a trial and was charged with eight counts of murder. He was accused of first-degree murder in the deaths of seven newborns and third-degree murder for the death of one of his patients. In May 2013, Gosnell was found guilty of one count of involuntary manslaughter of the pregnant woman and three counts of first-degree murder of three babies who were murdered after surviving abortion. Glad he got charged, but that wasn't enough. Nope. 
That was on top of other counts related to the clinic practice. Gosnell was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Jack McMahon, Gosnell's attorney, described the doctor as disappointed and upset over the verdict, but said the defense team respected the jury's ruling. Man, fuck this dude, too, for reals. Yep. Quote, they obviously took their job seriously, McMahon said to the jury. The verdict should be respected based on their effort. End quote. Of course they took their job seriously, (laughs) motherfucker. What? Like, that's a bad thing? Yeah. I hate this dude. He's garbage, too. You defend somebody like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't like that dude either. Yep. Gosnell still faced federal drug charges. Authorities said that he ranked third in the state for OxyContin prescriptions and that he left blank prescription pads at his office and let staff members make them out to cash-paying patients. But, yeah, that's where the rest of his money was coming from. No, fuck that, dude. That's why Mm -hmm. there are so many addiction problems Mm -hmm. because of fuckers like that. Okay, cool. And that's a whole other thing that I didn't get into. into I didn't get into it. Cool. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Prosecutors described Gosnell's employees as nearly as desperate as the patients. Some had little or no medical training, and at least one was a teenager still in high school. Yeah. You know, assisting in abortions. Because that's exactly who you need. Yeah. One woman needed the work to support her children after her husband's murder. Oh. Four former clinic employees have pleaded guilty to murder and four more to other charges. They include Gosnell's wife, Pearl, a cosmetologist who helped perform abortions. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Okay. And then on another note, I'm I'm fixing to try to lighten the mood here. So y'all get off my ass. Okay. Would you let her fix your hair? Um... No. You know what? No. I, would, I would let her cook me a meal all day long. Wouldn't let her fix your hair. But I probably would not let her. Because if your hairdresser's hair doesn't look good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But fuck Pearl. She's garbage too. So I can talk shit about her if I want. Well, fuck you, Pearl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. So now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> Kermit Gosnell is convinced he was only convicted because the top three cops investigating his claim are practicing Roman Catholics. Could you fuck right off? It's insane. Jack off hands. He's using whatever he can. Fuck you. The men were motivated by strong moral objectives rather than the law, Gosnell said. <laughs> when asked how he is coping in prison... I don't care. <laughs> Gosnell <laughs> replied, quote, It helps that I very strongly believe myself to be innocent of the heinous crimes of which I am accused. Uh, I continue to feel optimistic of the eventual <laughs> outcome, the vindication of what I've done, why I've done it, and how it will become accepted within my lifetime. End quote. Fuck off. I hate you. I know. I mean. I strongly dislike you. I strongly dislike Kermit. (laughs) Okay. Gosnell, not the frog. (laughs) Right. But he does look like a warty old frog. Yeah. He looks like a toad. Like, for real. (laughs) Frog and toad. (laughs) Frog and toad's adventure. Oh, my God. I remember frog and toad. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Okay. 
Judge Benjamin Lerner, who presided over the Gosnell case, described Kermit Gosnell as a charismatic psychopath. No, a charismatic sociopath. There you go. <laughs> what are words? I don't know. A sociopath, by definition, is a person with a pattern of antisocial behaviors and attitudes, including manipulation, deceit, aggression, and a lack of empathy for others. Gosnell, a father of six children from no. three marriages. Boy, put your dick in your pants. For realsies. Come on. Presented an attitude of detachment and coldness in regard to the criminal accusations because he believes he's guilty. Or not. Oh, my God. Because he believes he's not guilty. <laughs> what are words today? I don't know. I was kind of regretting what I said about put your dick in your pants. Look, I mean, love. love is, do what you do. Do what you do. But he don't need to be procreating. He don't need to be procreating. I think you should be done, sir. Cover your penis up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he in prison now. now. He in prison now. He ain't procreating no more. He done. He can be practicing, but he ain't he, doing it. He ain't making nothing. Okay. Back to back to the ridiculousness. Back to reality. Oh. Back to life. Oh. <laughs> no. We're okay, done. I went we're in done. with it. You went all like. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. I found a list of 58 graphic details that are included in the grand jury report and other media stories about the case. I am only including 15 of the items as most were entirely too graphic. Okay. I was about to say, are you about to read all 58? Cause baby girl, uh, I, I don't no, know if no. I can handle that. I had to read it and it was oh, not I'm so good. Sorry. It was not good. Okay. Okay. All of these are garbage. Skip ahead. If you can't deal, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh God. One 28-week-old baby boy featured in the trial, so this was one that he ended up getting a charge for. Okay. Was found frozen in a gallon water bottle. This was in the grand jury report. Okay. The abortions of the, quote, really big ones, which were the illegal late-term abortions, were scheduled for Sundays when no employees were around, so there were no witnesses to him doing it. Okay. And that was also in the grand jury report. Great. Gosnell only allowed his wife, Pearl, to assist him with the really big ones because he didn't want anybody else to assist him. You shady motherfucker. Yep. One woman patient, Karnamaya Monger, who we spoke about earlier, Mm -hmm. a 41-year-old immigrant, died after her abortion. According to testimony, Gosnell administered four doses of anesthesia to Monger, which caused her skin to turn gray and slowed her breathing. Gosnell continued to perform the abortion on her, and once the procedure was over, he started CPR and told Williams to call 911. So the the person who was assisting him. Yeah, so he didn't give a fuck about the person. He He finished the procedure. Yeah, he was focused on the procedure. And then called 911. Gosnell could not revive Monger because his defibrillator was broken. Shocker! Yeah. Because he bought it at a garage sale. Mm Mm-hmm. And so all of that was either from NBC Philadelphia or from the grand jury report. Okay. Clinic staff hooked up machinery and rearranged Monger's body to make it look like they had been in the midst of a routine safe abortion procedure. Oh, fuck y'all. It took at least 20 minutes for paramedics to get out of the building because the back door was padlocked and no one had the key. Mm, how? Mm, <sighs> And, I don't and know. You list- know the key? I don't know. Oh, here's more garbage. Great. I didn't do anything wrong, Gosnell said to Monger's brother after the procedure. Mm, there it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Saw my job. Yep. 
One employee said that Gosnell took pictures of women and fetuses with a digital camera and with his phone. I bet he did. He told the employee that he was taking the photographs for his teaching. Fuck you. And that was in the grand jury report. Yeah, okay. Serious complications suffered by nine women, including one who needed a hysterectomy. The complications included a punctured uterus, hemorrhaging, infections, and retained fetal remains. I was kind of wondering what happened to the survivors. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't good. And that was from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Okay. And then, last little piece of garbage. Well, I mean, sort of. Mm. From an interview with an employee who took a photo of a born alive baby that was snipped, why did you take a photograph of this baby? And her reply was, because it was big and it was wrong and we knew it. We knew something was wrong. If you know something's wrong, what the fuck are you doing? That's why they took the photo, apparently. Yeah, but didn't but, tell anybody. Uh, Who is that helping? It's ma'am. Mm. Ma'am? Oi. Okay. So we're done with that bit of garbage. Okay, and good. Here's I, and, mm. a little tidbit that I had no clue of and found I, a few articles, and I was shocked. Ooh, do tell. Superstar Will Smith. What the fuck? Was brought into this world by the most notorious Dr. Gosnell. So just in case you forgot what Will Smith looks like, here's a picture. In his plaid suit. I'm here for him. And he's I was kind of wondering why you had a photo of Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering now why I was going to go Holy shit. There's that. Okay. Now, this just gets wilder and wilder. Okay. <laughs> so, Even more wild. Yeah. Hey. Now, Gosnell is trying to make contact with the actor in an attempt to get his support on the case. But, Will, Will, no, no. Well. Don't do it. Ma'am, I'm two sentences into the Will Smith story. Okay, I'm sorry. Calm down. Okay. Will's fine, people. He's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, The discre- well, well, I mean, he did slap somebody, but he's he fine did, otherwise. But, yeah. He's fine otherwise. Um, Up until that point, he that's was. That's neither here nor there. Um, okay. Yeah. The disgraced doctor was a resident at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia and was called in by Smith's grandmother, Helen Bright, after her daughter, Will's mother, Caroline, went into labor. Oh. Oh. Caroline Smith's own doctor, Leopold Lowenberg, was stuck in traffic and couldn't make it to the hospital in time. Shit. Will Smith, 48, was born well before Gosnell started to operate his infamous clinic on Lancaster Avenue in the Powelton Village section of Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Gosnell told the story of how he delivered Will on September 25th, 1968 to Flem Flem Yeah. Co-author of a book about the abortionist who is now serving out his time in the Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution in Huntington. I'm sorry. Flum. No he told Flim he had not received a reply to his letter from Will. So Will never wrote back to him. So well, that's kind of shitty. Ma'am, would you write back? I do want a prison pen pal. I so can't with I you. probably would. Amanda, you're grounded. <laughs> I'm always grounded. It's fine. <laughs> Here are some excerpts from Gosnell's letter to Will Smith on November 14th, 2016. Okay. Okay, so I read the entire letter. Yeah. Half of it was nonsense, so here's the part that's not nonsense. Okay, cool. 
I'm fond of asserting that there could never be a men in black if I had dropped you on your head. <laughs> that was shit. in the first like that four. So that was in the up. first four sentences of the letter. So okay, so he's trying to take credit for Men in Black now because he didn't drop Will Smith on his head. Mm. There was further encouragement from your respect of your grandmother's influence on your career. So now he's using grandmother. Mm. Perhaps my only credential of importance is that Mrs. Bright would have been one of my most fervent advocates. <laughs> He'd say him Will Smith's grandma would be like totally team Gosnell, and I don't think so. No. There are reasons that she chose Dr. G to deliver you. So now he's referring to himself in the third person. Okay. When Dr. Loewenberg was in a traffic jam. Well, Amanda doesn't like that. Mm-mm. There were 11 other residents and more than 20 Jefferson obstetricians. There are reasons that she apologized at her decision to retire from her pastime employment as my recovery room nurse. So before, like, they worked together. He wasn't, it wasn't his clinic. It was when he was a resident at the hospital. She worked in recovery with him. Okay. Mrs. Bright would have professed that I was a minority physician targeted for political gain, not a media monster. And she may have agreed with my perspective that there are underlying foundations beyond sanctity for life. (sighs) Personally, I have confidence in eventual vindication as so many gross errors occurred in my proceedings. If successful in inciting your interest or concern, I look forward to your response. Sincerely, Kermit Baron Gosnell, M.D. Mm. And that's my case. Well, ribbit to you, Kermit. Fuck Kermit. I'm sorry, friends. <sighs> okay, now tell us more garbage, Amanda. So, my case. <laughs> okay. Here's the title. Larry fucking Nasser Discussing piece of shit. Hope he rots. That was beautiful, darling. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This one kind of hits close because as a little kid, I freaking wanted to be a gymnast. Oh, yeah. I took classes. I was all up in it. I loved me some Bella Caroli. I was young and naive. I I didn't take classes, but I sure sat on my living room floor, cross-legged in front of the TV, thinking I was going to be in the Olympics someday. For real. My little chubby ass thought I was going to be in the Olympics. I, I had the dream. All right, so here's what I start off with. <laughs> Every gymnast dream, as in mine, is to make it to the big leagues. They exhaust themselves training for hours upon hours in the gym In a draining competitive environment, yeah, being under enormous pressure, gymnasts are one of the most susceptible groups to physical and sexual abuse. Amanda's trigger warning. Yep, there you go. The gyms they compete for and the institutions they represent can be misleading and dishonest. Not all of them, but but some. There's a lot. There's, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. In August 2016, Rachel Den Hollander, a former gymnast at Michigan State University, emailed the Indianapolis Star and filed a police report with the Michigan State Police, claiming that she was molested by a renowned doctor who was part of the staff at USA Gymnastics. Let's just go look at Rachel really quick. Okay. 
because I was a follower of gymnastics. I remember her very well. I recognize her. I didn't know what her name was, but yes, ma'am, I know that face. Yeah, yeah. Many, many probably would. And good job. Good job, Queen. Yeah, she did really good. So, she went for treatment for lower back pain at the sports clinic at Michigan State. And the doctor performed the treatment without gloves. And, yep, he got handsy. I bet he did. He asked to do a myofascial release. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to pause to explain what the fuck that is. Yes, please. Okay, when you have hip pain... Basically, the patient lies flat on the table with their knees up. Okay. And the doctor pushes with one hand on top of her hip, like pushes down. And with the opposite hand, he kind of guides the inner thigh. Okay. Which would normally be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, so he did it with his right hand, but with his left... He sexually assaulted her under a towel with her mother in oh the room. Oh, my God. So, here's how that happened. Rachel says that he positioned his body in a way that her mother couldn't see what he was doing. hmm And so, it didn't happen, like, right away, but he progressively made her mom comfortable with what he was doing and then he would slip his hand oh my God. where it shouldn't go. No, thank you, please. She had previously reported the incidents to her coaches, but wasn't listened to and was warned what an allegation like that could make on this doctor's career. Who gives a fuck? Fuck you. The doctor's name was Larry Gerard Nasser. It. I labeled him as Barf. Okay. So, if you want to, let's go see Barf. And he looks exactly like you think he would. Like Barf. Yeah. Yeah. He looks exactly like you think he would look. I can't. I don't like him. Mm-mm. At all. Nope, I'm good. So, he's a former doctor at USA Gymnastics and a sports medicine physician at Michigan State University. He was well-connected and worked with some of the most exclusive gymnasts in the United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, the top ones, obviously. I already showed, showed you Rachel. hmm He went to medical school at Michigan State and began working with USA Gymnastics in 1986 as an athletic trainer with a promotion in 1996 to chief medical coordinator. He attended several Olympic Games, Sydney 2000, Beijing 2008, and London 2012. Dick Face retired in <laughs> September 2015, to pursue election to the school board no. in the district where he lived. Oy. He seems like a trustworthy and kind adult who people could admire and looked up to. But sadly, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. So after Rachel came Jamie Dancer. Something. Yeah. Filing a civil lawsuit against Larry. In California, explaining her continuously sexually abused, that he continuously sexually abused her from 94 till 2000. I have a picture of Jamie. Okay. It says Jamie. I remember her performing her floor routines. She was so charismatic. It was insane. She's cute as a fucking button. Yes, she is. Like, she, she was just adorable. Yeah. Yeah. 
She says she was under enormous stress and pressure in gymnastics. When she came to him for a physical, he told her to make herself completely naked. And at the time, she thought it was normal. She didn't know any better. You do what the doctor tells you to do. Yeah, and he gained her trust while um, she was competing at the Olympic level. He snuck her food. When her eating level was heavily monitored, he made her laugh, and he was, you know, really kind to her, and she she just really appreciated that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it stuck. He snuck his way in. Jamie felt that the abuse had actually helped her, and mm-hmm. she was silent about her suffering. Okay, ma'am, I'm going to need you to go to explain how it helped you. She, it probably didn't actually help her. She was probably just trying to justify it in her brain. It's trauma. That's how she was processing her trauma. And maybe she just focused strictly on gymnastics and pushed everything aside Mm -hmm. is kind of what I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah. So hundreds and hundreds of women came forward detailing their experiences with Larry Nassar reporting that he developed their trust and made them feel significant. He practiced in a sport where if an athlete <laughs> athlete had an injury, it could mean the end of their career. And through his care, the patients were told to feel grateful. Mm. You know, like, this is really like a, a benefit to you. I can't. You should be lucky to be under my care. He abused his power over children and brainwashed them into believing only he could help them and that his abuse was a legitimate procedure. Mm -mm. Most of his victims were athletes, except Alexis Moore. She says that Nassar was a friend of the family who, starting at the age of nine, began molesting her. Oh, my God. Um, I have a photo of four of the... Most famous, most famous gymnast that he um, cared for. Okay. So there's Sunisa or Suni Lee, Simone Biles, Grace McCallum, and Jordan Giles. You probably remember those. At least Simone yeah. and Jordan for sure. Ugh, it's, it's just... So he just cared for them, or he molested them also? Oh, he molested them as well. Okay. Yeah. The allegations in opposition to him didn't only come out in 2016. Allegations were actually as far back as 1997, but were disregarded. Why do these, quote-unquote, powerful? Because, I mean, a doctor is not that powerful, in my opinion. Mm. But why are these powerful men, so to speak, always looked over? I don't understand. When people show you their true colors, you believe them. Because they choose to be in denial and see that he's doing more good than bad. Um, man, fuck and that. It, it cancels would, out. It, it would he canceled it out. If he did problems. anything good in his life, it, it's been canceled out. Oh, it's... Don't worry. Um, there was another one, another gymnast, Maggie Nichols, who had previously reported his sexual abuse when he inappropriately touched her at the Caroli Ranch while training for the Olympics. She and her family sold, told Steve Penny Jr., the president of USA Gymnastics at the time, and he reassured them that he would take care of the complaint. 
But that was in 2015. Mm, okay. When allegations began to come out about Nasser's malpractice, the organization still hadn't done anything about Nichols' complaint and seemed to show that USA Gymnastics didn't care as much about their athletes as they claimed. Okay. As they seemed with extreme, like, emphasis. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, on November 19th, 2014, Steve Penny Jr. admitted that USA Gymnastics does not share with local authorities any allegations of sexual abuse. The organization waited five weeks after the first revelation of abuse in 2016 to contact law enforcement about the abuse because they were conducting their own investigation. Mm, okay. Though, in reality, they were scrambling to find ways to protect their image. Of course. Image is everything, darling. Totally. Larry Nasser wasn't the only person in power at USA Gymnastics mistreating the young girls. Mm-hmm. Numerous coaches were neglecting the children and not reporting any abuse to authorities. Okay. There have been more than 360 cases over the last 20 years where gymnasts have complained about malfeasance among coaches. There's a whole thing about the Crowley Ranch, too. I'm so not, that's a whole I, other can of worms? Bruh, I'm not going into that. If you Oy. want to Google it, Google it. It breaks my heart because this dude, I thought he was amazing when I was a kid, and it breaks my heart. So I have, I have mixed emotions about it. Do we need to have a gymnastics episode? We might. It's we going might. on the list. It's it's pretty fucked up. Okay. Okay. USA Gymnastics wasn't the only institution that hid the allegations on Larry Nasser from the public eye. Michigan State University did as well. The college was stagnant on reports of sexual abuse from Nasser. Additionally, as with USA Gymnastics, there are theories that the staff members knew about the abuse before. Yep. 2016 may have had outpour of allegations against Larry Nasser, but that wasn't the first time Michigan State heard about his professional actions. In 2014, they investigated Nasser when a graduate from the school reported that he massaged her breasts. In the vaginal area and became sexually Oh, aroused. no. Thank you, please. Michigan State closed the investigation shortly after and concluded that the victim didn't understand the distinction between sexual assault and medical operations. <laughs> Michigan State claimed to have communicated with four specialists to get their conclusion, but they were all part of Larry Nasser's spun web of lies. The institution said they would reopen in 2014, after more women came forward about the abuse they endured at the college. Many women who have come forward are fighting back at Michigan State's past negligence and suing the institution, as you should. Good for you guys. Mm -hmm. Queens. So, you know, he was, he was like really a a really, really, really good manipulator, Mm -hmm. obviously. And also, um, with the police department and with his victims. Obvs. He convinced them he was someone to trust and took advantage of the young girl's youth. Piece of shit. Kindness and, um, you know, they were naive. Whatever. You can probably hear that. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> In 2004, 
Brianne Randall made an appointment with Larry, and um, she was a high school athlete at Meridian Township, Michigan, suffering from scoliosis. Her first appointment was professional. Her mother was present in the examining room. She returned for a second appointment without her mom and was sexually assaulted. Oh, God. So he massaged her spine, removed her underwear, and penetrated her vagina. Nope. He attempted to finger her, but Damn. her tampon prevented him. Ew. He groped her vagina and breasts profusely. Ah. Okay, I left this in for pretty much the same reason that Brittany did. Okay, I'm just going to continue to be outraged. to grasp the severity of how fucked up it is. It's bad, friends. Okay. It's real bad. <laughs> So yeah, for what he for what she believes was almost twenty minutes, and he wore no gloves for the entirety of the appoint, appointment. Nasser concluded the appointment by asking her to see her for an hour once a week. Mm. Brianne and her mother filed a complaint with the Meridian Township Police Department afterward. Larry Narcissist dismissed the complaint. Claiming he performed and he got, he just got, got that. Nasser narcissist, like a, a kind Same-sies. of fit, right? Same-sies. So he dismissed the complaint, claiming that he performed an appropriate procedure. The examination he referred to was the sacro tuberous ligament release. Okay, I looked it up. That's a horrible word. I know I like it. it's it's really bad. So I had to go back to like my medical terminology days. Basically, that's the ligament that attaches the hip to the spine. Okay. So that required him to feel on her vagina. No, thank you, please. It like put pressure on it. Mm. Uh, he gave a 26-page PowerPoint presentation on the practice and reassured the police that this approach is well known and famous in the medical field. 26 okay. pages. I'm not going to go into what it had in it. I'm going to give you the short and sweet. It was fucking distasteful. Yeah. He made excuses. After that, the investigators really didn't do their best. There were no witnesses because the mom didn't wasn't there. Yeah. The detective concluded the case, and for the first time in his career, he didn't bring it up to prosecutors. Sir. Yep. On December 20th, 2016, federal prosecu- prosecutors got a search warrant, though, and examined Larry Nasser's trash. Okay. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. They found 37,000 images no, of child no, pornography no. on hard drives with his name and number inscribed on the sides. No, no, no. Well, thank goodness he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> you fucking God. deserve every piece of this. He was arrested and charged with possession of it and sentenced to 60 years. That ain't enough. Hold on. Okay. He agreed and pled guilty in July 2016 for possessing it, but evaded federal charges of sex abuse. In January 2018, he you are nervously, like, aggressively twirling your hair I'm over so there. angry. I can see you. I'm angry. Oh, my God. She is mad. <laughs> in January 2018, he pleaded guilty to sexually abusing minors and was sentenced to 175 years in prison 
and was charged with seven counts of sexual assault in Ingham County and three counts in Easton. Well, thank fuck that happened. Yep. On January 18th and 24th of 2018, there were victim impact hearings where the victims got to speak about the abuse in front of a judge, jury, and the fucking douchebag himself. Okay. Many came to support each other and gain the justice they should have always had. There was an excellent showing of current and former gymnasts of all ages coming together to show one another support and share their stories. Over the years, 500 survivors, including nine Olympians, oh my God. came forward about the abuse they suffered at the hands of Dr. Larry Nasser. In late 2018, the police arrested Steve Penny Jr. for tampering with evidence in Larry Nasser's case. Man, fuck Steve Penny, too. Mm-hmm. Steve Penny Jr. I don't know. Senior might be good. I don't, I don't know. know. Senior might be fine. But Junior, fuck you. Fuck that guy. And in January 2018, the Cor- Corolli Ranch met its demise and announced a permanent closure. Good. 2021, the U.S. Department of Justice is investigating USA Gymnastics, the U.S. Olympic Committee, and the FBI for their conduct regarding sexual assault allegations of athletes. Michigan Good. State University has recognized its faults in the Larry Nasser case and granted $500 million to its victims. Oh, my. The settlement set aside $425 million for, at the time, the 332 people who reported abuse. Each person allegedly received from $250,000 to $2.5 million. The other $75 million <laughs> is for future victims who may come forward. Larry Nasser also has settlements to pay his victims. He has yet to pay $58,000 to five victims. He has only paid $300 in his sentencing fees. He owes $5,000 from the Justice for Victims of Trafficking Act of 2015. This isn't a matter of him not having enough money. This is a matter of Larry Nasser not honoring his fucking sentence. He has already spent more than $10,500 in prison. And you can't pay your fucking victims. Oh my god! Because you're spending money on yourself. His account—that's a lot of fucking ramen, dude. That is a lot lot of of fucking ramen and pop tarts. Okay. (laughs) He's uh, probably getting his shower shoes stolen a lot, so he's having to buy new shower shoes. New soap. (laughs) New soap. (laughs) Fuck that dude. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, his accounts are now frozen. So, what remains of $2,041.57 from the two COVID stimulus checks in January and March of 2021? (laughs) Larry Nasser collects money in monthly deposits from apps and third parties known as MoneyGram Western Union. And, um, you know, more of about like $200. Oh, my God. He's going to have to start making license plates. Do not fucking send him money. He should be obligated to pay his survivors based on the victim restitution law that states he must compensate his victims once receiving the money, but he has yet to. Yeah, fuck you. On that note, if you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault, I have the national hotline for sexual assault. It is 1-800-656-4673. Please call it. Please call somebody. Don't care who it is. Say Um, something. See something, say something. Mm-hmm. Hear something, say something. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. All if the it's things. That's just, you know, 
tell it to your neighborhood gossip. I don't care. Mm-hmm. The Karens will get the word out. Oh, yeah. They will do their job. They know how to do that shit. Mm-hmm. That's the one time that um, we love the Karens. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I'm done. Thank goodness. I'm fuck so him. glad. This fuck, episode fuck, sucked fuck ass. Kermit and fuck Larry. Who picked this topic? You did. <laughs> that was all you, ma'am. Oh, this sucks ass. It really sucks ass. Okay, so after all the garbage, oh. let's read something cool. Uh, is there? Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank Today's God. is the Winchester Mystery House. Oh, shit. In San Jose, California. I'm here for that. And that's okay. just a bucket full of wonderfulness. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Okay. There is something of the awful House of Usher about it, wrote one journalist of the Winchester Mystery House after it first opened to the public in San Jose, California in 1923. Hmm. I, for one, would tremendously like to give a Halloween party in this old home. Same. Me too, journalist. (laughs) Me too. The rumors about the maze-like Victorian mansion started soon after its eccentric owner, Sarah Winchester, began her elaborately idiosyncratic construction. I love that bitch. And they continue to this day, fueled in part by the guides who lead tourists through the bizarre structures, odd nooks and crannies, past doors that open into walls, and up staircases that go nowhere. Yes. There are now 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and 6 kitchens. And a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Tourists are warned against wandering off. They could be lost for hours. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be let loose in there. I would totes do it there. I would wander. Please. Y'all are gonna have to keep me on a leash if I ever go no, in there. No, I don't. Well, okay, I may need a rope to safety. Dude, I'd wander. I'd wander. I'd get lost, but please. Yeah, that's why you take a backpack ooh, with you ooh. with a bottle of water in it and some crackers. We just buddy up. Yeah, buddy system. Yes, we got this, and okay. we have cell phones now. We're fine. Totally, we're fine. Yeah. Okay. This is how the story goes. After losing both her only child and her husband in New England, Winchester, Mm -hmm. the heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company fortune, consulted a Boston psychic. He told her that her family was cursed by the souls, American Indians and Civil War soldiers among them, who had been killed by Winchester rifles, the gun that won the West. The only way to placate those relentless spirits was to build a rambling house for them to inhabit. So she built it for the ghosts. Yes. So they would stop tormenting her. How kind. Yeah. Dutifully, Winchester moved to California where she bought an unfinished farmhouse in 1886. For the next 36 years, she renovated and rebuilt her home, reportedly hiring construction workers to work around the clock. As long as the hammering continued, the rumor went she could stay alive. Yep. The truth, however, is somewhat more complicated. Known in her youth as the Belle of New Haven, Winchester was later crippled with rheumatoid arthritis and having lost her fabled looks, rarely ventured outside. Her obsessive need for privacy and refusal to speak publicly allowed yellow journalists and nosy neighbors to say anything they wanted about her with impunity, and of course, they did. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that visitors and staff alike claim to hear footsteps and breathing, see apparitions from other eras, find locked doors suddenly open, and even smell chicken soup. Bro, I'm here for it. I, I love I mean, chicken soup. That won't hurt my feelings. No. In the end, the 1920s journalist was not far off when she compared the eerie structure to the House of Usher like Poe's melancholy domicile. The Winchester Place remains a mystery all insoluble. The end. <gasps> well done. Good one. I love it. Very, very, very So, good. I love the Winchester House for many reasons. Yes. But it reminds me of the movie Rose Red. <gasps> oh, yes. 
And as like scary as that house is, quotes, air quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As scary yeah. as that house is, I wanted to live in it. Oh yeah. I was like a teenager oh, watching yes. Rose Red and still wanted to live in it. I still to this day want to own a home with a graveyard in the backyard. I know that sounds really weird, well, I but think that's like why we want I'm here New for that shit. Studio so bad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's going to be all black. Yes. Different shades of black. But Different with, shades like, of black. With black. With pops of white. We need contrast. Purple? Sure. I'm here for purple. And, and candles some, in all the windows. Something that sparkles. We're getting sidetracked. We do a purple door. I love purple doors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So there's our episode 66. Yeah. I hope you liked it. Yeah. Now we're about to... <laughs> Do our PJ thing. We're totes going to party. We're totally going to party. Yep. I'm here for the party. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> All right. Well, Amanda's had too much tequila. Yeah. And we still have to go live. So I hope that um, you guys I'm joined scared. us. And we'll talk about how ridiculous it was next week. Okay. All right. Here we go. See but, you later, friends. Bye first. Okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.